0: The series is over. The Phoenix Suns defeat the New Orleans Pelicans in the Big Easy by a final score of one hundred fifteen to one hundred nine. Take the series four to two. And listen, folks. I know you're here because you want to hear both Matthew and I's NFL draft analysis, right? You're here to to understand what what's going on. Why are some teams taking <laughs> offensive linemen, defensive linemen? Matthew, on the night of the NFL draft, which is normally a night that I thoroughly enjoy. The first round of the NFL draft, I typically get together with friends. Uh, I'm, I'm at home alone watching a Suns game because that's all that fucking matters.
1: Yeah, what is it usually when it's is it lined up like this always where the draft is during the the playoffs? I always feel like it's always a night where there's nothing on. Is that the way it always has been? Because I don't remember watching. I don't the playoffs, know never. <laughs> because the Suns I don't are never, remember. I feel like should, it's never this time, but the uh, Suns yeah. Are but.
0: never playing during the, the draft, you know, until last Maybe year they had been in the playoffs for a long, yeah. long time. And last year was a, a weird playoffs. So uh yeah, I don't I have no idea what's going on in the NFL draft. I'll check it out later. Uh, I don't care. The yeah. Phoenix Suns, I don't care, game six victory, massive W. And it's just It's nice to just put the Pelicans in the rearview mirror, right? Because I I will tip my hat ever so politely to them. I will give them credit where credit is due. They were a team that was pesky. They played with athleticism. They played with tenacity. They played with annoyance. And they played with toughness. And overall, uh, it wasn't enough to beat the Phoenix Suns and a perfect Chris Paul. But you have to tip your cap for the effort that they put forth.
1: You you do. And during the game today, I was thinking – I'm not going to give them credit. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to come on here. I'm going to be like, F (laughs) those guys. They can suck it. All that stuff. Like, I seriously, that's what I wanted to do. But then Willie Green crying at the end, I was just like, all right. You know, give them their dues. It's fine. They all gave each other handshakes. That's the way the NBA is now. It just, I'm just so glad it's over. I hate, I've never thought I would hate a team called the Pelicans in my life. You know what I mean? If you were to say, you know, this team's the Pelicans from New Orleans are young. They're fun to watch. Yeah, I would root that team on, but now I hate them. I hate them. We'll see them again next year. Good luck to them, but man, yeah, Chris Paul made sure that this game was over, right? Towards he did the everything. End, he just made sure he, he did everything he, he could, man.
0: Yeah, he did everything that he could. Yeah, I mean, this is a team in the Pelicans that you and I have on numerous occasions prior to this playoff run <laughs> admitted that we were fans of. We we liked what they were doing. We thought that. Yeah they got a raw deal with Anthony Davis being a bitch and wanting to leave and forcing himself out. And the way that they turned those assets around into something productive was admirable. And I know that it's a team that I've enjoyed watching from afar, uh, but playing them, I, I I give them a level of respect. And <clears throat> we've said it before, this is a team that definitely will be around next year. Uh, their arrow is pointing up. They also are aligned to take the Lakers first round pick as a part of that Anthony Davis trade. So I'm just glad that, I'm glad we just don't have to deal with them anymore, you know, because now now, as we'll talk about at the back end of this podcast, we're going to go into some familiarity when it comes to our foes to the to the teams that we hold ourselves and the majority of the league holds us with as far as prestige as far as far as uh, viable opponents in both the Dallas Mavericks and potentially the Utah Jazz. So. Uh, plenty to talk about on this edition of the sun's jam session podcast welcome jamsters thanks for hanging out with us we truly appreciate it whether you're watching along live on facebook youtube or twitter or if you're listening to the podcast another time or if you're watching the podcast another time we appreciate you taking some time out of your day and spending it with both matthew and myself my name is john voida you can follow me on twitter at darth voida his name is matthew lissy you can follow matthew on twitter at matthew lissy and you can follow the show, of course, at Suns Jam on Twitter as well. Uh, we'll get back to doing the Twitter spaces during halftime in the Western Conference semifinals. Uh, I don't know if anybody could tell, but my voice is a little off. I've been sick for the past week and I just don't yeah, have well, the energy boy, to necessarily okay? do. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I, you know, I've, I've, I've turned a corner. I've turned a corner on this thing. I'm hoping I actually could get some work done today and I like, could mentally co- and cognitively put a, a, a lot of a sentence together, you know, and writing emails and doing work earlier this week i just i couldn't do it you know i got the vid i've I've been vitted out all week and i've just been tired and you know it's like doing this podcast just the other night like just zapped me all the energy it's it's unbelievable how much is zapped me so two years you know i'm always late to everything two years later i finally got the vid and uh yeah i'm I'm sorry man
1: you know um I mean, if it gets that bad, we'll have to have some nurse or something hold up the phone for you while you're doing it in the hospital. I mean, just, if
0: that's what we have to do, right? Hey, champions adjust, right? Champions adjust. Yeah. So, Matthew, I'm just gonna be drinking water. I know I'm lame, but I'm just drinking water tonight. So I'm, I'm water what, what you, too.
1: Hey, well, let's i I gotta go cu- pump some. I'm gonna let's, use let's, this let's, address. Let's see line, that dude. cup. Let's see that cup. We twinsies. Yeah, we're twinning. We got the same cup. I have the hardest time trying to show my cup on the video. I don't know what this is.
0: <laughs> well, we're not chugging for the fellas. Uh, with the fellas, with the sickos. We were relying on you, Jamster, to go ahead and do that for us. So pop them if you got them. Let's talk about this game six and series clinching victory for your Phoenix Suns. Yep, we're not going to have to talk about Jose Alvarado anymore. We're not going to have to talk about Brandon Ingram. We might have to talk about some rebounding issues moving forward in the playoffs. Uh, But we don't have to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans. Suns win 115-109, to clinch the series on the road. And that brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. You know, before the game, a lot of speculation was going around there. Devin Booker's back. He was back. What do you think about uh, how he came back in this game, and how all the uh, and and all the flack that was out there for Flex uh, from Jersey for actually saying that he would be back, and then everyone's like thought he was full of shit. Then he was, and everyone's like,
1: "Oh, hey, look, a a tree." Yeah, they just (laughs) they kind of ignore him still, right? And the, the whole thing with him on Twitter, I. I feel bad every year because now the Suns are actually something. There's something that's very noticeable in the NBA. Uh, He's given out information before Woj. So a lot of times these fans watch to go back at him like, oh, this wasn't true like you said this, this didn't happen. It's like, he's always automatic. He's 99.9%. The one time he said book was coming back. He actually came back to the sideline. That's it. But he knows what's going on. So I love listening to him. That's all I look for, for son's news is flex. And he's so constant because you wake up in the morning, there's Flex's two tweets, probably overnight. There's just the waiting for you. To, when you wake up, you can get your son's information. Yep. Uh, you might lose some sleep over it, but by the time you get, wake up from your hour nap overnight, because you're worried <laughs> about Devin Booker, there's flex. He lets you know that that. that he's going to play tonight. It wasn't the same exact Booker, but it was good enough for the Suns to get the win tonight.
0: Well, and it's funny because we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast uh, that Flex had tweeted out while we were recording our podcast that Dem Booker most likely would be back. You know, and again, if if you're not somebody who follows at Flex from Jersey on Twitter, I recommend doing so because he's got good insight to the team. And is it 100% accurate? No, he's not trying to be Woj. And that, that's Woj's job. Fletch yeah. just knows people and has inf- is privy to information. And he puts it out there in a strategic way that doesn't damage his sources. And it's a good for us fans to get an idea. And go figure. He, Devin Booker comes back tonight. Uh, not the not the greatest performance by Devin Booker. Doesn't Didn't really need to be. Didn't really need to be. 32 minutes, uh, 5 for 12 from the field. 13 points. He was one of six from deep, albeit that's that one three was pretty big. But when you take a look at Devin Booker, Big Dick Booker. Matthew, how did you think Devin Booker responded tonight? And what do you think the importance of was for him to play in this game?
1: Oh, for him, it's huge. Um, You don't want a Game 7. I know we're winning the Game 7 if it goes to Game 7. Obviously, the way they've been playing, it's win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. All the effort comes from Chris Paul in the second game. Usually tonight, Chris Chris Paul had to turn it on, but Booker brings enough to where he's there. You kind of forget about him. That huge three where he's wide open, it's like you kind of forget he's on the court because he's not doing a lot. The Suns have to find him in motion to where he's going to shoot the ball from. They have to find him in his spot. Booker, Mm -hmm. of course seems like he's not all the way there. So he has a hard time trying to get to his spot by on his own. So he was already trying to post up Alvarado, who's already trying to get to his yes. spots before he got the ball. So that was awesome. I mean, it's just another shooter. When Chris Paul is perfect today, and then he comes out of the game, Booker takes his spot. Booker was there to kind of fill his shoes. I mean, he didn't hit every shot like Chris Paul. I mean, it's impossible, but the name out there on the court, I think, just means something. It means something for Booker to close the series out. The hardest thing, I think, for him was really sitting over there while the Pelicans were having their way in some games yeah talking shit you know getting under the sun skin and he couldn't do anything about it so as quickly as he can come back he wasn't gonna come back that's a competitor he is he's not gonna sit out and be like you know what i'm still not 100 let's just see if they can win this game and we can go into next series and i'll be healthy i don't think you know, you can't do that because he's not he's not going to do that, but the Suns can't do that because they can't risk it. I think just having him out there, he didn't make any boneheaded plays really. You know, he took care of the ball. Well, you know, first quarter, he had a few turnovers. After that, then he yeah. was like, okay, I'm not going to handle the ball as much. Defensively, he wasn't even really a reliability. Was he? Like, I, I thought he did okay. Like He, he had actually a great with possession Brandon
0: against Brandon Ingram in the last five minutes of the game. That was huge. He forced him left. He great. He stood him up, and Ingram bricked the ball. Forced him left. Yeah, yep. isn't it or weird to left. see him go left? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, that's what we should have been doing this whole series. <laughs> you know, but to, to that point, you know, I think what Devin Booker did out there tonight uh, was good. Not only obviously for the Suns because we we could all we could use it. It gave us another wrinkle that you just didn't see this entire series uh, with Devin Booker out. But for himself, I think that it was good for him to get out there and work out some of the kinks and and get kind of into to game shape, if you will. And just get the the blood and the, the juices going, and utilize the competitive nature that he has. That's been sitting on the the side of the court for the past, you know, like you said, you know, week, you know, missing all those games. It's it's got to be, it's it's got to be uh, just frustrating for him. So to see him come out and be, you know, again, not a hundred, not unbelievably productive, but at the same time, <clears throat> excuse me,
1: hang in there. Uh,
0: yeah, but be engaged and 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 playing the way that we want him to play. So it annoys the opposition. That's the key to me is like it was annoying yeah. the Pelicans fans, because I'll talk about it in the subreddit stakeout. You know, he he he, he got under their skin. That's for sure. Uh, shout out. <clears throat> excuse me. God, my voice is killing me. Can you hear it in my voice?
1: You sound great. Okay. You sound you sound even sexier than normal. So okay. Don't tell well, you sh- why.
0: Shout out to Kez, cousin Will. Nine 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 super chat four down. Wayne right to go. P.S. Bob Koozie my ass. CP three for the win. Yes, yeah. it's time to bring up the point. Guy. The point guard. So we got five dollars from Samurai Fuchs. CP M and F and three. Third-best shooting night in NBA history behind Wilt going 18-for-18 and 16-for-16, but both of those were regular season. Playoff immortality. I was hoping somebody would come up with a stack. As you know, it's historical. When you go from the field, 14-of-14 like Chris Paul did. 33 points for the point god. Eight Mm -hmm. assists on top of that. I mean, he just... He just he just dominated this game, man. He dominated this game. Uh, what he did in that third quarter, I think, was um, was really special too. Because you got to remember, you know, entering that third quarter, Phoenix Suns were down. You know, they had a really bad second quarter, really bad second quarter. Uh, they were outscored thirty to twenty, so they were down ten going into the half. And CP3 came out, went six for six in that third, thirteen points, had three assists as well, and they out for the first time in the series. They outscored the New Orleans Pelicans in the third quarter. They did it by a score of 34 to 27. Matthew, what did you see in that quarter and in this game? And how special was that performance by CP3 tonight?
1: Well, before that quarter, in the second quarter, I was actually listening to the game. That was the worst quarter to listen to because I was driving home from work. I can't do nothing about it. Sorry, but I was watching the game in my lap, in my crotch. So for anybody driving by, it's me screaming at my crotch the whole time on the way home. That's the way that was. Chris (laughs) Paul cooled that off. He made sure, (laughs) he made sure to really kind of give me some strength because I thought I was like, I was talking to nephew Hayden. I'm like, I don't know if this is, I think the Suns lose this one. They win game seven. That's the way it was looking. Yeah. Historical performance by Chris Paul. And, you know, he does come through like the history of Chris Paul. He hasn't won a championship yet. A lot of it is due, like, Rasila brings it up. It's like he's always out. He's always hurt. He's always injured. He can't do anything about that. But when he is in there, like, this is just something that, any team would love to have on their team of course they would want this but he comes into the game in the third quarter and i'm honestly thinking that this is probably gonna be a loss there's no way to catch up but the defense looked great chris paul everything was so slow he every shot might have looked difficult but he made it look easy he made he took his time with everything no rush at all um and it just started with his first shot his first shot that went in nothing moved the net didn't move nothing moved. i'm like oh this i actually noted that i'm like this is special you know he's six for six seven for seven whatever like you go down the line he never misses aiden was just right there with him almost but um you have to have this kind of game i mean it's something where a superstar when they step up like this especially when it's just from mid-range most of the game it, it's awesome because he, he didn't miss a shot, but also, like, it's not as flashy. You know, that's the way the Suns will win a game. This is a oh, yeah. historical performance that the Suns will have because it's all from mid-range, mostly. And you just, even the bounces, like, his little floater he had where he, he, he shot it over Valanciunas and it bounced on the back of the rim, went up and went back in. Like, after that, I'm like, there's no way this guy's missing. There's no way we can throw this away and lose this game because... He has to we have to win this game now because he's perfect. Can you imagine going perfect in the way Aiden shot tonight and still losing, even though Booker didn't look good? Like you can't let this go to waste. And they didn't. So best performance I've ever seen from Chris Paul.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and that's we've seen some great playoff performances from Chris Paul since he joined the Phoenix Suns. I some of the things that he did in that clipper series last year was fantastic. Uh this series, though, I mean, he just he was he was great. And in this game, he was perfect. It's it's unbelievable that a guy at this age is diving around the court for loose balls, orchestrating yeah. the offense. And what's even crazier to me is the fact that the Pelicans like never really tried to blitz him, double him. Their whole strategy was, we're just going to try to tire him out through full court pressure the entire game, the entire yeah. series. Well, guess what? 4-2. Fuck you. How about that, Pelicans? I'm so... I, I hate Pelicans fans so much. Uh, You know
1: what? I do too. And there's no (laughs) risk. I'm I'm sick of the respect part of everything. A little Freudian slip there almost, you know, I'm sick of the, the, the respecting where we have to respect these guys and we do, I guess, but it's all comes down to hate. A lot of this is just all hate. And you hate this other team. You hate the other fan base. You want to beat them. Even when they come out with those FJ Crowder shirts, yes. it's like, all right, this has to end tonight. When you're rolling those out, spend all that money you can wear for one game. That's fine. Yeah. But what, what do you do with that bullshit. shirt?
0: What do you do with that shirt afterwards? Like, so, so you go to the trouble of making multiple fuck J Crowder shirts. Yeah. Right. Because I think that, you know, somebody had said to, the, I, I think it was, uh, uh, son's assistant coach. coach oh, it Georgia was, Tech. um,
1: yeah. 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 Um, God, why is
0: his name slipping me? I, See, this is where being come six on, jamsters.
1: Come on. We need you. Uh, what was his name? Anyways, the assistant yeah.
0: coach for the, for the, the Phoenix Suns went up to the fan before the game and said, Hey, you're going to get tossed out for those shirts. He's like, it's okay. I got six of them. Right. It's like, so you, so you yeah. go Jarrett Jack. Thank you, Fabio. Jarrett Jack. Jack. Thanks yeah. Fabio. Uh, Right on the tip of my tongue, but just couldn't get it out. But you go through the trouble of making these shirts, wearing them to the game, only to watch your team lose. Like, what do you do with that shirt afterwards? Like, is that – like because you're not wearing that shirt to, like, Target, right? Like, you're not like, hey, honey, we got to go to Fry's. Oh, let me get my fuck Jay Crowder shirt on. Hold on one second there, sweetie. Like you, you, you're not going to be doing that. Right. So it's I like- don't.
1: I think they might keep it because it was a great series. It was a series other than the Anthony Davis series way back when, when he won one series, I think that he won the first round. This is the, this is the best thing that's happened to this team in a long time. So I think the fact that they went head to head with the Suns, the best team in the league, the most, one of the most historical teams ever played during a regular season. Yeah. And you push them six games. I think that shirt is kind of cool. I bet you, you know, next so year if this so happens you're again they come
0: back out is you hold on to it and whenever you go to a, like a a pelicans game as mm-hmm. as a pelicans fan that's when you wear the shirt because there'll be somebody like 10 years from now yes. you'll be wearing that shirt and somebody will be like yeah
1: you know what fuck jay crowder okay. <laughs> Yeah, because they'll remember it's just like when every time like last year when the suns their first playoff run in a long time every 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 uh, series, there was something remembered. Like yes. every every, there was someone getting beat up. There was the some Suns kind of cool four shirt, guy. some kind of meme. The there kid, was always little, something. Little fat kid. And we'll remember that. Yeah, we'll remember that stuff for forever.
0: Well, I guess you know he he didn't hit two threes. In fact, I think he only went two for two from the field in this game. Yep, that's yeah. right. Only two for two uh, from the the field in this. But uh, I'll give him his drop. It's Jay Crowder. Oh! OJ oh, oh, Crowder, he let the he let the fan base kind of get to him a little bit. I mean, he definitely was having kind of a rough game, the foul trouble, uh, but he did what he needed to do in this series to get under their skin, just like they got under ours. I mean, don't get me wrong; like Jose Alvarado got under my skin personally. Like I couldn't stand that dude. I'm sit- I'm sitting there, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, why am I so pissed off at this guy who like just hustles so hard? He's an undrafted free agent rookie. He's mm-hmm. earned a spot. He's earning minutes in the playoffs, and I'm like, fuck this dude. You know, I'm like, I have to respect him at the little at the at some uh, you know, to to some degree. Yeah, but still, you know, Jay Crowder is that for us, and that's what I was like. I explained to my wife at the very end. She's like, why is everybody booing him? I'm like, because they don't like him. Well, <laughs> well, why? I'm like, well, he's a, he's an irritant, just like that little fucker right there. It looks like a little sweet from Dr Pepper. It's the sweet one. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He uh, does. But Jay Crowder, know, he, motherfucker, two for two from the field, had five for points. It back. Uh, oh, he was two for two in the third quarter only. I'm sorry. Uh, Jay Crowder was three for eight overall. I'm like, I could have swore he made it three. He was three for eight, one to four from deep, nine total points, uh, five personal fouls, three assists, four rebounds. Give me your Jay Crowder take
1: you know the first one was nice it was the first shot the Suns made and it would look good the next two threes from jay crowder were in and out they looked good then after that it was kind of downhill um yeah you know you you wait for the jay crowder game where he comes alive and hits huge threes he hit one big shot this series uh, to kind of ice the game um but it was foot on the line even tonight foot on the line like so it was kind of it was a weird series for him um one thing is if this, if this series went the other way, you're kind of looking at age and all that shit, you know, just like, can they keep up with these younger dudes? They do just enough. And I, I still think we love Jay in the starting lineup. It's just, those threes will come because we've seen it before. I, it's just weird that it's lasted this long. I think you're right. I think the fans, the way this team has played, no one expected this. But then I think with the play in when they when they win those two games and they come into this the series hot, it's hard to stop that. And I think they're the fans feeling themselves got under him a little bit, but we got the win. That's all. That's all that matters, right?
0: Oh, amen. And they were they. You're right. They're they're feeling themselves and rightfully so. I mean, they had to get through two teams to have the opportunity to play the Suns, and you know they they caught a heater. And the Suns survived that heater. And I think that's one thing that as, as we get further away from the series, we'll always look back at the series on how annoying and pesky this team was to play against. But it might have been, as I said a couple podcasts ago, it might be the perfect opponent for the Suns because it re-engaged the Suns. They yeah. They were really kind of pushed to the point where they really had to make a lot of adjustments that I just don't think that they thought they were going to have to make. Right, you have a team that comes in. They've won thirty six total games. They're the twenty seventh best three point shooting team in the league. You know, you know they're going to be a bitch on the glass, but outside of that, you're not overly worried about any anything that they can do on offense or defense. They come out. uh, Their young rookies are pesky. You've got uh, Trey Murphy and Herb Jones playing phenomenal. Herb Jones, you know, looking kind of like a Mikhail Bridge esque, if I will. Yep. Uh, You know, you got CJ McCollum. Uh, He had a kind of a rough series, but Brandon Ingram was playing at like an all-star level, uh, you know, for about a week until, you know, a couple nights ago and tonight included because they finally had to make those adjustments, but it forced their hands into a lot of these adjustments, right?
1: Yeah, it was something that we had to see last game where the Suns had to go big, and you just had to do it. You had to get the win at home. um They didn't really go to it. The only thing that really stuck was Juice is gone, which is good. You know, I thought yes. I might see a little That's bit a of That's a great adjustment, winery. by
0: the way. We didn't it, get any it really juice is. the last two games, and we looked good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take and it's, that, everyone you know, who maybe did, it's not me. his
1: series. Maybe just like Jay Crowder's not hitting his threes. Maybe it's not Juice's. But the, the more and more we go through the season, through the playoffs, this, that trade of course doesn't look as good as we thought it would. Um, but it's nice that Monty can do that, where he's just like, we're not going to play uh juice. He's, he's hurting us too much on the court where, you know, if the bench comes in, they can't give up a big lead. They just, they can't, they can't. Cause you can see when the Suns take the game back over it's a slow process. Like in the third quarter, it's a super slow process. So they can't afford to go down 20, go down by 15 in this series in game six in New Orleans because they, they won't get it back. They can't. It takes too long for them to get back into the game and to finish them off. Because usually in a game like this during the regular season, I know it's not, it's the playoffs, this game would have been over with five minutes left for sure. This game would have been a ten-point game and then blossomed up to twenty. But it's a different kind of game where you can't waste these minutes. Other guys, Aaron Holiday. Hopefully, he comes back because I love seeing him. There's no reason to get rid of that dude. Um, but the adjustments had to be made, and we did, even though we're the best team, right? But you had to adjust. And if they never, if he never did, he wouldn't hear the end of it. So good on Monty for that.
0: Amen. And uh, I see a lot of people who is Juice. Uh, oh. Who's juice? Oh, so I mean, what that tells me is you're new to the podcast, and that's fine. Welcome aboard. Tory Craig is the juice. So, oh yeah,
1: I forgot they don't know who Juice is. Yeah, I would just say Juice because I think that's his name now. Well, that's the nickname we gave him like
0: last year, and yeah. it's kind of stuck because he used to bring that juice coming off of the off the bench. And he hasn't really done that thus far this season and in these playoffs. So, again, if you're new to the pod, subscribe, rate, review, hit the thumbs up button down below. Uh, We talk about these things all the time. Yeah, we have a bunch of dumb nicknames for everybody. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, Tory Craig was a fat zero in this series. And the adjustment to finally take him out was fantastic. I I, I mean, I wrote an article for Bright Side of the Sun about it a week and a half ago. And just saying, like, look, like negative 47 is what this guy's put up. Since he came back to the Suns, he was a negative seventeen through the first three games. Like he's he's not doing anything on either side of the court. So offensive, defensively, you're not getting anything from him. Monty Williams made the adjustment, and go figure they they win. So ha ha. love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, let's talk about DeAndre because I think that he once again is just the the level he's playing at right now is just unbelievable. Watch. DeAndre Ayton in this game, ten of twelve from the field, twenty-two points, seven rebounds, four assists. I mean, he, his his nineteen footer is like a layup at this point, man. I mean, he is just so locked in. When he misses one, I'm unbelievably surprised, and I, I guess that that shouldn't surprise me because he's been doing this for such a long period of time it's just he's, he got more touches in this series and was allowed to be more effective because Jonas Valanciunas and Larry Nance just couldn't guard this guy the whole series
1: no it's unbelievable how good he played in the first quarter uh right right beside Chris Paul they were just knocking down everything uh it's we're just so used to it i always i keep thinking about DeAndre how efficient he is where i think we've only had like a handful of games where he hasn't been So uh, this is just who he is, and it's something where a lot of big men can never do this. And the way he stops and pops with that little floater, and it's it's quick, like it's so quick where he like catches himself to where he's stopping, but he's like I have to release the ball. You know what I mean? Like he releases it a little little bit later sometimes, but it doesn't matter. Like anything that rolls off his fingertips is going in. I feel like, and that's something nice to have down in the middle. And the only thing is, of course, tonight with the rebounding, and we'll talk about it, it. Has to be more team rebounding, but there are plays where he just he needs to be a little bit more physical to grab the board and stuff because that's just the way it's going to happen now. Every series, everyone's going to attack the Suns down low. So he has to be prepared for that. I'm not saying tonight was a bad game there. I just think a little bit more in the next few series because he has to prepare for these guys to go at him even harder in the next few series. Uh, As I say, the next few. But let's focus on the next one. The next one, he's going to make sure that he he has to make sure that he has that intensity to match him. And offensively, it's all there. And I love how the Suns never go away from him. How he's always still an option. Like. Last year, you never saw that. Last year, you didn't see like how they're running different picks, and then is there, and they would always miss him, right? They would just leave him standing there. Yep. Now, you give him the ball wherever he wants. Give him the ball, top of the key, wherever, on the elbow, and he'll drain it. So what a crazy team, boy. They're just so good. Such sweet shots from such sweet shots such
0: sweet shots
1: everywhere on the floor, including their center. It's it's unbelievable to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean they just they can pick you apart in so many different ways, and we know that by watching the team all year long, and knowing that Devin Booker was compromised in this game a little bit, but for the series, without a doubt, you know the mm-hmm. fact that he did what he did is just uh, unbelievable. One hundred eighteen point two offensive rating had a defensive rating of one thirteen point four net rating of 4.7 in this series. Uh kudos to DeAndre Ayton on the on the way that he's continued to just be a be just solid. That's that's all you need to do. You know, we always get ourselves excited thinking he's going to go for 40, right? He's not going to go for 40 cuz the Suns don't need him to go for 40. If and if they need him to go for 40, although I will say that, you know in the game to four, the game four loss. I felt like that was the opportunity where they could have just kept feeding the DA and they just kind of went away from it. Yeah. But but his efficiency is unbelievable. It's unbelievable his touch, his efficiency uh for a big man to do what he does and with the delicate manner that he that he can do it because you know there's that borderline between aggression and finesse. And I'll call that delicacy. He's got a delicacy about him when he's shooting those jumpers that is just it's it's like when you watch Jonas Valančiūnas shoot a 3. He like chucks the ball at at the yeah. you know, versus the Aaron Baines
1: style, right? Yeah, Aaron Baines. style. there you go. That's yeah. a good
0: way to put it. Aaron Baines used to chuck it at the hoop, whereas DA's just got that delicate touch to him. So it's definitely, you know, going to be interesting to see what happens with him within the off season, but we got a long postseason ahead of us and he's going to be absolutely valuable to the success of this Suns team. JaVale McGee kind of had a boneheaded game today. Uh, but I just think that that's because there was a couple bad calls there. Uh, what, I mean, how, how many minutes did he end with?
1: You know what? I was thinking that. I'm like, was he even playing? Like, what happened to him today? Three minutes, 17 yeah. seconds. Yeah, how many fouls?
0: Won? Two fouls. It was the two fouls.
1: Two fouls. Yeah, he came mm.
0: in, and there was just like, he was like, foul, foul. It was just like, oh, okay, that's cool. And he just
1: never came back. Well, He's DeAndre played. did play the 40 minutes, so.
0: Well, that, that was the other adjustment <laughs> I was going to talk about with yeah. D.A. Was the fact that Monty Williams skills. you know what? This is a closeout game. We're having D.A. play as much as possible. Yeah. You know, we're putting him out there for 40. You know, I'm surprised he didn't do him 42, 43 because he probably could have done it. He probably could have done it. You know, if Mikhail Bridges is out there every night, Mikael again, has 44 tonight. Uh, but Mikael Bridges is out there doing it every night. DA can do it as well.
1: Yeah, and he's going to have to. He's going to have to do everything he can for the really closest series, and I like it because the way JaVel came out, it didn't look like a JaVale game. Bismack was playing a little bit, but we had to have Aiden play those full minutes, and I think he's going to have to do it a lot more going into the next series. Um, You know what? I don't know, though. I mean, it depends who we play next. Um, I'm just glad the series is over with those oh, bigs. Too, Dude, you were so right about this series. I said 4-0. I mean, the Booker thing did change it, but, man, that rebounding. I thought they could do everything else better than than the Pelicans, so where we didn't have to worry about the rebounding as much, which makes no sense. It's the worst analysis ever, and I just said 4-0. but you you were right, John. You know.
0: Well, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, again, the Suns were out rebounded in this game, thirty six to thirty two. Twelve of those came on the offensive boards for the Pelicans, and you know the thing that killed us in this game again. You know, eighteen to four in second chance points. Yeah. You know, you're just you're not giving up those second possessions or it's a little bit more even. And it's you know, So it's, it's a blowout. I mean, the, I can go through every game and tell you, like, the, the one thing the Suns could have done and they would have killed the Pelicans in every game, including the wins, because I know, you know. They might have won games, but they didn't crush their souls and they were so ripe and just ready for a good a crushing and they just they didn't do it. And it was the second chance points again in this one and the fast break points 20 to seven. And that's what killed the Suns in that second quarter. Yeah. Right, That second quarter where the Suns were just discombobulated. And I think the reason that the Suns were discombobulated in the second quarter is they started with the big lineup, with Bismack, Biombo and with JaVale McGee. And they ran that for about a minute 33. And then after the fouls, one, they got Jonas Valanciunas in foul trouble. Uh, he picked up two quick ones, and he, with 28 seconds, he was out of the second quarter. Uh, And then they went, you know, with Larry Nance, Larry Nance is a smaller, harder guy to, to, to guard with those two big guys, in my opinion. And they got taken out of kind of what their game plan was for the second quarter. And the heart, the Suns had a hard time adjusting to it. Meanwhile, they're turning the ball over and you have Larry Nance go for 10 points in the quarter, you know, six, six rebounds, five on the offensive boards. So Larry Nance single handedly destroyed the suns in that second quarter and put them up by 10 points going to the half.
1: That was the worst court. Like I I'm glad I was kind of driving home and I was just listening to it. Cause I did turn it off with two minutes left. Cause I was like, whatever the Pelicans are doing, they're going to get what they want in this, in this quarter. And I cannot stand to even hear it, especially when you <laughs> listen to a TNT, right? I mean, Pelicans could do no wrong that quarter. So I'm like, well, let's just get to halftime. And it was to 10 points. It's two, eight points. And then CJ gets another putback. I saw it was a putback. And I'm like, yep. can they get the board? This is something I don't want to worry about at all. Speaking of fouls, you know, CJ did have five fouls this game, which he absolutely deserved. He should have been kicked out of the game. Yeah, probably. he should have got kicked. Yes, let's talk about that, was That was flagrant, too. That was a flagrant, too. And they, they kept doing this every game. There was one Pelican to step up and cross-check somebody. Yeah. That was not a play on the ball. All he did was shove him over and put the forearm into him like a linebacker. Well, yeah, he I went understand he him. Not- is it because it was CJ? Is it because it was too early in the game? It, they my, couldn't that's, him out?
0: that's exactly what I said on Twitter when it happened. I'm like, he won't get thrown out because it's CJ McCollum and it's too early in the game of an elimination game. It's the only reason. Because if this yeah. is game three, like he's gone. He went through Cam Johnson that play. Um, it was a clear, and you know, yeah, you could go through the series. Like Herb Jones did it during, I think it was game one, where he jumped into DeAndre Ayton put a yeah. shoulder right into his chin. They, and they reviewed it. They didn't call anything They're like, Oh yeah, it just happened. <laughs> Incidental contacts. Like, did you watch it from this view where you could see him look at him, run at him and just like throw a, throw a, a leaning shoulder into, him, into his jaw? Yeah. And then of course, you know, you've had the Jackson Hayes, Herb Jones, and uh, again, and then you had CJ McCollum in this game. It's like they should have thrown him out. So he was on borrowed time, the entire game. And then he was fouling people. I mean, again, It was interesting being on the Pelican subreddit during this because you have to remember, just two games ago, every call went their way. They outshot us 45 or 47 to to 15 from the free throw line. And even last game, it was like, what, 35, 25 or something. So, I mean, it was just like they've had a series where they've been allowed to play so physical, and they were being called out for some of their physicality in this game. The refs were blowing the whistle on some of the physicality. There was that one play where Herb Jones – was yes. W- w- he stuck his ass out yep. and knocked. De- uh, or I'm sorry, Mikhail Bridges down while while he still had the ball before he passed it. He's like, what do you mm-hmm. mean? It's like, yeah, you can't just like throw your ass into people, you know. Yeah. yeah and Jonas Valanciunas, God, I'm so I'm gonna be so glad not to see you, Jonas Valanciunas <laughs> and Larry Nance and their stupid fucking moving screens. Yes. Like those guys moved the entire series. They leaned into people. They moved. Jonas Valanciunas would like set a screen and then and like. Literally shuffle step with the screen. I'm like, how are they not calling this shit? How are they not calling yeah. <laughs> Nice
1: effects, dude. Thank Very you. nice. Steven Spielberg-esque. <laughs> um, he went to my high school. Did he really? Okay, tell him I said hi. I um, hey. So since we're on the podcast, I wanted. <laughs> uh, it was a shout out to you, really. Um, to from myself to to you uh through the clouds, trying to reach you to your COVID little sanctuary over there. When those screens were being set and they were actually calling the fouls, I'm like, "Man, John, there you go. There's your yes." But also calls, few of them. And there was the one on Jay Crowder, or that um, CJ pushed off, and you know that's good because CJ got his fifth foul and he was out of the game. But that one where that was a foul on Big V and CJ, but they called on CJ because Big V always just sets a little yeah, and then runs like it's the worst thing I've ever seen. And the officiating did get better as the games with Monty probably the series MVP for stepping up, taking $15,000, which is nothing. Well, actually for a coach, it's probably a lot. Um, But taking that fine to say something to the refs, be like, hey, we need some help here. We can't play the refs again in a series and try to beat this Pelicans team that just won't give up.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, so somebody put it on Twitter. Like if you made fifty grand a year, uh, the $15,000 fine, like perspective to what Monty Williams' salary is it comes out to like two hundred and fifty seven dollars, so it's like yeah he'll gladly take a two hundred fifty seven dollar fine to yeah. let them know that the only play yeah. that I a, a couple that I thought were really kind of ludicrous that one with CP three where you know Alvarado's so busy complaining to the ref he doesn't see he didn't see CP three he runs right into him it was a foul on Chris Paul I'm like come on. That you was know?
1: bullshit. Yeah, that was. Did he sell that one a little bit or no? Because he, I feel of like of course he
0: did. Oh, he oh he sold it.
1: Yeah, but that wasn't. That watched was a nice
0: pick. The, you you watch the angles. Watch yeah, the Chris thing. Paul. Chris Paul sees him, <laughs> co- sees him coming. He's like, I'm just gonna stand here, and because he because mm-hmm. Alvarado is clearly just like complaining, and he just ran, runs right into him, and once he feels contact, he's you know it's the same thing yeah. that that he did when he got when the when Monty used his challenge where he was he was driving to the lane knew he didn't have a chance. So we jumped into Jay Crowder and then just flopped. And you watch it and you're like, dude, that's not even like the fact that we had to use our challenge on this, that you even called that. Like, how can you not see that this guy just literally jumps into people to try to create contact versus actually trying to finish a play at the rim. And like, he was not a basketball calls. player. Yeah. Well, yeah. he was getting him and Herb Jones. We're getting a Which lot of unbelievable. Calls going dude, to these the guys rim. are rookies.
1: I know, you know they were getting Forget more like calls for Caleb Bridges and Cameron yes. Johnson. You know, and you know yes. Cameron Johnson's a little awkward, but still, Alvarado. Even the last one where he, I think it was his last and one, where he just throws his body and he didn't even touch anybody. No one. He didn't touched touch anybody. anybody. He just no, no. Jumped contact. in there, threw the ball up, and fell down and screamed. Yeah. everybody's like, "It's a sweet he was, one. <laughs> he was getting everything.
0: The award. You know. Warden, 7-12 from the field, 2-2 for 2 from deep, 18 points in this game. Uh, more great defense. You know, I'm going to ask at the back end of this podcast who your jam star of the game is, but I'm also going to also ask who your jam star of the series is. Mikael Bridges is, is close. I think the performances he had mm-hmm. in this series were absolutely huge because of the way that he locked down Brandon Ingram in these last two games. Brandon Ingram, 44 minutes and 6 seconds played, mirrored Mikhail Bridges, it appears, minute for minute was 8 of 19 from the field, 21 total points. He had 11 assists. The reason he had 11 assists is because Mikhail Bridges kept forcing the ball out of his hand. Uh, what would you see from Mikael, and how fucking amazing is this guy?
1: It's weird going into this game where he kind of started off a little slow. I'm like, okay, it'll probably be a mikael bridges off game, but he doesn't have those anymore, right? He just he can rebound so quickly from his like slow start, and he can rebound, he can do that too. But rebounding from a slow start offensively is something that he's really focusing on, I feel like, to kind of have patience in his game, and it's really paying off because he steps up. In times where, you know, Aiden and Chris Paul can only do so much offensively. You have Devin Booker tonight who just can't contribute like he can usually. Mm -hmm. Um, But then McHale's that other guy that can step in at the times when we need him. Before, it was always, you know, he'll try and he'll back away from the situation. Now he's just like, he's independent. He's an independent woman out there. He's doing what he can (laughs) to really help himself, you know, and his team. His best friends, right? I mean, his last interview, the cutest thing ever. He's out there playing with his best friends. So... (laughs) The way they have each other's backs out there, the way that he knows that he has to step up in a lot of situations now in the playoffs offensively, you can count on him. And you can count on him the big threes. You can count on him getting to the rim. You can count on the mid-range shot, too. So he'll beat you every way defensively. Just as soon as you switched to Ingram, Ingram was a different player. Ingram was a jam star of the series almost until Mikael Bridges got switched over to him. So... Just to show you, he is Defensive Player of the Year, a player that can go on to the the best player of the series and just shut him down. I mean, Ingram can still get his shots, but still, anytime Mikael was on anybody in the series, I think they went one for 101, like this whole series. It was insane how good his defense is.
0: It's like Jam says in the chat. He says, that steal, to take it to four, Yes, was huge. Yeah, that was like the play of that the game, in my awesome. opinion. That was the play yeah. of the game.
1: That's when I got up and started doing dishes. I was like, "Game's over." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, Game's over. Just,
0: it was it, what he's done in this series again. You know, they showed a graphic on uh, the other day on NBA. or somewhere where they're talking about the top four defenders uh, mm-hmm. in the playoffs and the the worst four defenders. You didn't see Marcus Smart anywhere. That's all I got to say. You know, I know it's yeah. a regular season award.
1: Now everyone's admitting he's like. Mm, well, yeah, I mean, this one. is the way it goes. They're like,
0: oh yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Like Marcus Smart had a great series against the Boston Celtics, mm-hmm. or I mean, against the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. But what what Mikhail has to do against the guys he has to do is just unfucking believable, and he did it again this series. So yeah. it, it was it was great to see him execute like that again. Uh, I'll be reading off stats and all that fun stuff at the end of this to make cases for our jam Star of the series, but he's definitely somebody who uh, could be mentioned there because he was just absolutely fantastic. (laughs) The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout.
1: Damn it. Did I get done in time? (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Should I pull you away? No, I'm good. good. I'm good. I can't really
0: see it. I'll just go with this. I'll wear the crown another night. You know what this is?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's the football team, right? Yeah, the, the Arizona Hotshots.
0: <laughs> yeah. Remember everybody yeah. remember We're the Remember every everybody remember the Arizona hot shots, the was AAIA a the or whatever, like half season <laughs> uh team that they had. I thought it was a I love I always love those colors together. And it's like I don't I'm not a big fan of like Miami football or anything. Mm-hmm. But the orange and green, I just think, make a good color combination. Looks good. So I actually got this on eBay for like 10 bucks. I was like, I want some Arizona Hot Shop merch. So there you go. So there I was, hanging out on the the Pelican subreddit. subreddit. I'll tell you this. I'm so looking forward to never going to the fucking Pelican subreddit ever again. I'm so (laughs) sick of them. I'm so sick of them. A few things that they said. One thing that we already touched on, but it was uh, observed time and time again. Don't think I've seen Aiden miss uh, that mid-range this whole series. Just so everybody's aware, uh, DeAndre Aiden in this series shot 70% from the field. He averaged 9.3 makes on 13.3 attempts. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 9.3. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me relative to uh, mid-range shots, but I'll tell you what, they're probably probably a lot. But, yeah, he was 56 of 80 is what he went for in this series. So that's that's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. That's got to be so annoying for the Pelicans. I love it. Uh, here, here's a statement I've never heard before, and I thought I'd share with the Jamsters. That pass got me erect. Can't say I've ever had a pass get me erect, but – Apparently, happens, it's happening down in New Orleans, so be careful. Be Are careful you sure? I, I, I can
1: think of uh, more than a handful of times I've been erect on the couch watching the Suns. So, yeah.
0: yeah, but like off of a
1: pass? Yeah, pass, shot. Maybe some execution. Someone, All right, here, here's know.
0: one. bending over. Shamit smart, smokes Black and Miles. And then somebody okay. responded. <laughs> somebody responded. He smokes it and he starts acting high. <laughs>
1: man not a lot of hell not a whole lot of shaman tonight either you know no no but no. somebody thinks
0: that he's a black black and mild smoker uh you fucking breathe on crowder and he's on the ground yeah you really do you about notice
1: it. that i don't maybe because he's on our team i i don't know usually no, i, I can, notice i could like, definitely see
0: how yeah jay crowder is the person for the opposing team who you focus your frustrations on. Cause he's the yeah. one who gets the ticky. Chris Paul does it too. And he's been doing it for years. He's got a reputation for it. And so does Jay Crowder. They're the guys who just get the ticky tack fouls. They're the ones who seek the contact and get the fouls for it. They're the ones who take advantage of the rules and, and utilize them in their favor. So uh, you have man bridges is good. I'll update my previous comment. Ayton and bridges are the only sons I respect. And then somebody right after that said, Chris Paul is the worst bitch. It's just rude. The
1: worst bitch. He's the worst bitch. Not the bitch, worst bitch. The, the worst no, the bitch. worst. He's not, a, he's not a bitch. He's the
0: <laughs> worst bitch. Uh, and the last one, man, I'm fucking disgusted with CJ. His performance this series has been disgraceful. Let's talk a little bit about CJ McCormick. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So after everything said and done, CMJ McCollum for the New Orleans Pelicans, you know, he came over. The team was 500 since he arrived around the trade deadline. Uh, in this series, he ends up shooting 39% from the field, 49 of 125 He was 33% from beyond the arc. I think the frustration for the majority of Pelicans fans is he took, I'm doing math real quick, 40, almost double more than anybody else on his team. He shot 51 threes in this series. He only made 17. Uh, Overall, he was a negative 10 on the court for the entire series. He had 15 turnovers. CJ McCollum, what are your thoughts on him after seeing him perform in this series?
1: Because I know what we
0: could say about Brandon Ingram, but what do you think about McCollum?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it was the guy that was on him, right? I think the way that Mikhail played him early in the series really threw him off the whole time. Um, you're right. The subreddit thing, they were so hard on CJ because they they put a lot on him, right? This is yeah. the first time CJ's really been a kind of a leader, him and Ingram kind of sharing that. But I think Ingram needed CJ just as much as CJ needs Ingram on that team. But CJ, finally the number one guy, um, just couldn't pull through but when you're being when you're guarded by mikhail it's very difficult to get any kind of shot off it throws off your rhythm for the whole series then you start getting inside your head then you have a game like this where you had the five fouls that are a lot of the fouls were really fucking stupid from him and yeah. i could see why these fans get upset but for me when i'm watching any anytime cj gets one three to go down i'm like oh here he comes down ne- next yep. possession he's gonna shoot it again because that's the kind of guy he is that's the difference between a player like him and a player like devin booker where Booker, you know, he'll get a three, good look, but then the next play, now the way that Booker plays, the next play, he'll get his team more involved. He'll get himself a better shot look. He won't just throw up these nasty-looking threes, even though tonight he had some because I think he was trying to get in some kind of a rhythm, but he doesn't throw up these threes anymore where he's just covered. and It's just like, come on, like, we missed that shot in a close game that can swing things, but CJ did that this series. A lot of the times when he, even wide-open shots, he wasn't making. So, it never got to a point where even before the series started, where I was like, CJ's got to close games out. If it's a close game, he can hit big shots. It never got to that point. That was Brandon Ingram. But then when you switch Mikhail over to Ingram, then it took care of that. So exactly. it's insane where you know we're talking about someone else and I always have to bring up Mikhail Bridges because that's how disrespected he is in the NBA. No one talks about him. So anytime we can mention him in the same breath as anybody as anybody else, then I'm going to.
0: No, I I do as well. And I think that this is a This was a tough series because it took us a little bit to understand the dynamic of having those two premier scores, and how to run the right defensive sets to ensure that uh, Mikael Bridges can effectively like guard both of them. You know, it's like whoever he guarded though. I mean, he was he was unbelievable in this series. C.J. McCollum. Yeah, it's frustrating. He's not great on defense. He never has been. He's never been one to been known to be great on defense. He's kind of. uh, Well, what did Bill Simmons say about Donovan Mitchell? He's C.J. McCollum with a better press secretary or something. I see it very similar in those two guys.
1: Yeah. CJ McCollum, yeah.
0: Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Donovan Mitchell can catch more fire and he's probably a little bit more explosive. He's a lot more explosive, but they're both kind of the same on defense. And I think that because of the way that CJ McCollum performed in this series uh, and I'd have to look at his contract situation. Is it up at the end of the season or is it an option next season? Do you know? I'm not chance? sure.
1: Actually, if anybody knows any Jamsters, please help us out again. Mike, you always do save our asses.
0: We'll just uh, pull up his contract real quick. I don't know why I'm spending so much time on fucking CJ <laughs> McCollum, but that's the sickness, okay? I'm not it's his ex, dude. I'm not feeling yeah, yeah, this is the, it. the ado. Yeah, so there's still another deal left on his contract. Uh, no, two years. Two years left on his deal before he's an unrestricted free agent. So okay. they're going to have to figure some things out with him. Um,
1: I'd keep him, though. I would definitely I would too. keep him. Yeah, I yeah. Would too. You'd definitely keep him and trade Zion.
0: Yeah, you just got to add... I, it's funny you say that because I was on a podcast earlier this week. Nearly you know, killed me too. He's with some guys from New York. Mm-hmm. And we got, we went down that Zion conversation. Like, do you think they should keep him? Like, hell no. Like, that yeah. team's great without him right now. He's worth a ton of assets. Why bring him in there? Don't get me wrong. He's like a fantastic player, but like, fuck that. Jam, star of the game. All right, Jam. First, it's a reminder, subscribe, rate, review, give us a thumbs up down below and let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. I'm going to ask you this, Matthew, because I know that the answer is Chris Paul. I mean, 33 points, 14 of 14 from the field. It doesn't get any better than that. It's Chris Paul. He's your jam star, right? I'm just making sure.
1: Yeah, he is. Okay. Okay. Who's
0: your jam star of the series?
1: This is so tough. It I'm gonna tough. give it to Aiden. Okay. Tell me why. Um, because we're gonna win the championship with him playing this I mean, way. He just he at a at a certain point in the game where you know Chris Paul's going off a of course, but Every other game this series where we need a buckets down low, where Aiden's put in difficult situations down low offensively, he still finds a way to get a good look at the rim. Like this is something where he would pass out early in the season last year. Now he's making sure to turn around and get the easy bucket. Um, that's a big change for him. That's a big thing that I wanted to see going into the series. It makes him just unguardable in a way because, you know, before he would pass out, right? I think a lot of defensives know if he gets the ball, look for the pass. I going to find someone else, but now he's taking it on his own. I just think that he we just need him so much. I mean, we need all these guys, of course, but tonight was probably the only game where the rebounding wasn't that great from him, where mm-hmm. he just he needed more help, he needed to pay more attention. He was kind of out of the zone, I feel like rebounding the ball. Other than that, though, the rest of the series, he was so impactful. He was the most consistent thing out there. I don't know the last two games Mikhail Bridges played really great. And he, I mean, Mikhail Bridges' defense is great. It's just what Aiden A- does for this team is just I don't know as I'm saying this, it's like, I want to say Mikhail, I want to say Chris Paul, but I'm just going to stay, man.
0: Yeah. I'm, I, I can see where you're, oh, excuse me. I can see where you're coming from. Cause he was the most consistent player in my personal and professional opinion in this, in this series. He was consistent the, the entire time. You know, you, you know what you're getting from DA uh, his, his final stat line when it comes to a per game basis, I'm pulling that up real quick. I clicked run it. Okay, so run it. There it is. Points per game for DA, uh that's the field goal percentage. 20.5 points per game, uh 9.8 rebounds a game. So he went for 20 and 10, which is pretty damn impressive uh considering you have Jonas Valanciunas and you just have a big front line that they're playing against, right? Yeah. You know, you're go- you're going against this tough team that has a bi- a big front line. But for me, it's got to be Chris Paul, man. Chris Paul, not just tonight, but in this entire series, you you take a look. Chris Paul goes for 22.3 points per game, uh, uh, adds in 11.3 assists. He goes 14-14 from the field to close him out. He has two massive 19-point fourth quarters to win games one and three. I mean, what Chris Paul did in this series was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, that's, again, a 37-year-old guy who's out there who's doing that is just unbelievably impressive. So uh, shout-out to Chris Paul. You know, next up for the Phoenix Suns. Oh, real quick, do you see this uh, after the game? Jay Crowder is wearing a "fuck Jay Crowder" shirt.
1: <laughs> That's the most how, how g night. how
0: g that is that? Suns I want one of those shirts now all
1: the time, man. Dude, I'm gonna make one of those shirts on Redbubble. Who wouldn't want to fuck Jay Crowder, right? <laughs> Stand in line, ladies. <laughs> oh
0: man, yeah, those are going up on Redbubble. That's great. Yeah. All right, so up next for the Phoenix Suns. We have either the winner, or we don't have either the winner. We have the winner of Dallas or Utah. So right now, Dallas is actually playing Utah. Uh, The score is 45 to 38 Utah. Now, personally, and this is all going to go wrong because this is what I want, and I never get what I want. I want Dallas to win this game, which will make the series 3-3, which will force a game 7. That pushes game game one of this series back a couple days. Because if Dallas wins tonight, they clinch the series. Game one against Dallas would be Monday, so that's so what we co-
1: Suns won't play till Monday, right? No matter correct. What. Right
0: now, okay. they don't play till Monday. Okay. If and now and now if Utah wins, it's even later than that. And okay. I'm okay with that. Devin Booker, give him some rest. I'm not worried about rust. We've seen rust for a series, and we still fucking won. I'm worried about rest for Devin Booker. We want him dialed in and ready to go. If, do you have a preference on which? team you would like to play in the second round knowing that whoever you want is who we will not face
1: well now that the suns beat the pelicans i mean it's all up from here this is the one team i feel like the suns the most they would give them the most fits going into the next uh yeah i'm just kidding honestly i would like dallas i would love luka Doncic in the matchup that we can bring him on defense i would love utah because it's a team that's you know i don't want to say too much but they are Say a little soft, they are a little soft, they're a little you can soft. Beat them, beat them at the heart and the core. Um, the world who knows if it really has a core, but I know for sure that they have a heart, their hearts like break easily. They 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 come out to each game individually. Okay, so each game in this series, you have a good game. This is their good game right now, right? Anytime that they're playing away, they're they're against the team, they're against everybody, they, they fall apart. They they basically fall apart in situations of where they have to win a game. They're gonna fall apart, and I feel like the Suns—the intensity that they're gonna have, and a healthy Devin Booker coming out next series. They're going to make sure that they would punch him in the face and probably, you know, it'd be a quicker series, I feel like, maybe than the Pelicans won. Dallas, so it's just so up in the air because you have a guy like Luka. Even though I think the Suns can beat them, I think it would be a longer series. But I would love to see them just play Dallas because I would just love to beat Luka. I would just love to beat Luka because of that thing, right? You just want to beat him. You want Aiden to go off. You want that defense from Mikel Bridges all over Luka's ass all series long. You want yes. that the fighting with the refs. I want that. I don't want to play Utah. It's fucking boring. That's bad for ratings. So Dallas will probably win. Fuck this ratings.
0: Series. Fuck ratings. Here's what. So here's what I got. <laughs>
1: I know, right? What
0: you got. Utah is a team that I would like to play because I, I think it's an easier win. Period. I think that you can play Gobert off the court. Uh, I do think that playing up in Utah is a challenge, not because the fans are a bunch of jackasses, but the elevation's kind of a pain in the ass. But again, it's a team that we came back from 17 points down and won in the fourth quarter and a team that is known to get mentally weak in the fourth quarter and a team that has lost multiple years in the playoffs, multiple. So they know that they're at the back end of something. And if it doesn't go right, if everything doesn't flow, right, something's going to happen. They're gonna have to blow something up there. And it's either going to be yeah. Rudy's gone, which I doubt will happen because no one wants him, or Donovan Mitchell's gone, which I can definitely see happen in this off season. So that's a team that's playing frightened. Okay, that's the difference between the Jazz and the Pelicans. The Pelicans weren't frightened. They had no reason to be. Why be frightened? We're on borrowed time. We shouldn't be here. We're like CJ McCollum running around after you checked Cameron Johnson. I can do whatever the fuck I want because it doesn't matter. I shouldn't even be in this game right now. Dallas is a team that if they advance, will be the first time that Luka Doncic has sniffed the second round. And the challenge that I, that Dallas presents is something that's similar to that of the Pelicans is you have two creators. In Spencer Dinwiddie and Luka Doncic, that could be a challenge at the back end of games. Go look at that statistic. The plus minus in clutch time this season, the top mm-hmm. six guys or the top seven guys are Phoenix Suns outside of one player. That one player Spencer Dinwiddie. So he's a guy who can perform well in the clutch. Yeah. So that, but but again, that's the series you want because that is a huge that is just fun to beat that team. It's fun to beat the Mavs. It's fun to see Luka Doncic after all the Luca or DeAndre and all the different storylines that go into that series to go and to beat that team would be paramount. I feel more comfortable playing either one of those teams than I did the Pelicans. I'll tell you that. As After that. Came, yeah. When we know. came into this series, I told you I did not want the Pelicans. The next two game next two, I, I would gladly take because on the other side of the bracket, it's Golden State and Memphis. So you played hard to get that number one seed so you could have Mm -hmm. this Western Conference semifinals that could potentially be an easy one. Now, you don't want to get ahead of yourselves. A lot of things can happen. We saw that happen in this series against the Pelicans. But I would prefer Utah because I just think that we could execute our offense much better against them. But I would be excited to watch a Dallas series as well because I think we can beat them too.
1: Yeah, and I want people to talk more about Aiton and Mikhail Bridges. And I brought that up earlier with Mikhail. Like, no one talks... These guys should be talked about, like some of the stars in the NBA... Aiden, the way he plays, like I listen to podcasts, even like Bill Simmons, they'll talk about the Suns and not mention Aiden once, not talk about, not mention his name. Ever. And it it drives me crazy because they don't realize how good he's been playing defensively and how efficient he is. I just he's so he's skipped over all the time. Mikhail Bridges, too. I know we had Devin Booker and Chris Paul, but these guys, they're not that same level. But they're right there with those guys on this team where we were just talking about jam star of the series, a special award that we give out once a year. Or yeah. maybe three or four times a year. I'm hoping, four times, year. Year, I'm hoping you know? four times a year, you So, <laughs> so they they had to be recognized, man. And I want them to be recognized against Luca because it, it's going to draw the best out of them. It is.
0: Yeah, after seeing what Mikael Bridges did the other night, and the fact that that wasn't like a leading story. That not only did he score, you know, what 31, 33 points, but he held his, oppo- his uh, opposing opponent opposingly. Yeah, it's like 3 of seventeen <laughs> shooting. Opposingly, it was yeah. just fantastic. Yeah. So, I know you know again. Just keep ignoring the Suns. That's okay. Uh, we'll be fine. Matthew, any notes that you missed out? Anything we want to talk about before we get out of here today? Uh, what kind of cologne are you wearing today?
1: Um, This is... God. It doesn't matter! I'm kidding. Way to fuck up my life. Go, go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. I, I can never recover from that, man. <laughs> Okay, my notes. Uh very scarce this game.
0: Suns dog 24. Why are you guys so scared of Dallas or Utah? He must be talking to people in the chat because neither of yeah, us I said think that we so. okay. I
1: I'm mean, like, you're you're always scared as a Suns fan, but I, I'm i not, I just I don't feel like you, dude. I don't I I fear Luca, but then other, other than that, nothing else.
0: I don't even fear Luca. I really don't. I think that Mikhail on Lucas would, would be so exciting. And the size that we have, The the one challenge yeah. in, in the Dallas series is Jalen Brunson. Because he has some, he's Alvarado, but with like who, who's, but he's actually good.
1: Yeah, actually you know? access to play well.
0: Yeah, so, but, but we'll see, we'll see. Uh, yeah. I think on that note, then Jamsters, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Another victory for the Phoenix Suns. Um, if this game between the the Jazz and the Mavericks goes to Game Seven, after that Game mm-hmm. Seven, we we'll do a quick Jam session, short, talking about you know the fact that. We know who our next opponent is. Uh, but until then, we'll see you uh, whenever the Suns play again. Thank you for hanging out with us. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. Follow Matthew on Twitter at yeah, Matthew listen, And follow the show, of course, at Suns Jam. Uh, on behalf of Matthew, this is John.
1: And on behalf of John, this is Matthew. I do it right? Yeah. The- did I did I screw it up by not? You're so okay. go you are so close. You did
0: you did it right, but you just all you had to do is like say it, then say your next line, and then we're good.
1: Yep. Okay. Well, next show I'll do it right. <laughs> um, <laughs> go home and love your family. No sons, baby.